1: Listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show.
0: Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How it goes? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Anchor Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. John Tabor running the board back at the Sports Talk 977 headquarters in Ruston. Good Thursday morning to y'all. Good morning, you, Jake.
2: Good morning. It is pat, the the day after signing day. Um, so I'm interested in hearing from people on the text line, are you happy with your team's signing class? <laughs> 888-993-7762. Uh, if you want to go into a complete rage and, uh, you know, send us some, some hate texts over, hate text over this, I completely understand uh, have you taken a gander at any message boards, Aaron, after this signing day?
0: Haven't had the opportunity to uh, do that yet, but I can imagine what uh, Tiger Droppings is all about this morning. I've seen morning.
2: some screenshots, and uh-huh. it's not too pretty. Uh-huh. It's as you would imagine, I guess.
0: The master recruiter, Ed Ors run? Mm. getting bashed a little bit? Mm.
2: A little bit, yeah. He's getting, he's getting bashed pretty hard right now hmm. uh, because his team did not finish well, and we'll get into that much later.
0: Yes. Uh, you can weigh in, 888-993-7762, the Stuart Shelby State Farm. Hotline slash text line. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote. Are you all in on National Signing Day? I uh, Certain aspects I certainly don't enjoy, but the one I really do enjoy, continue to see not only the, the student-athletes, but just the parents, the grandparents, how excited they are. They understand what this means and the milestone and the achievement this is for their youngsters. That's probably the best part I take away from National Signing Day is we will certainly get into our takeaways on our major uh, talking points a little bit later in the show.
2: No doubt. Uh, let's hit up some headlines real quick. Um, I'm going to start out with something that you, you're you not the biggest fan of, and that's the NBA. Oh, my goodness. We want to start there. I just want to mention something real quick. So the trade deadline's here. Um, I want to keep an eye on the Cavaliers because – Something has to happen, right? I mean, if you've paid attention to the Cavs at all these past couple of weeks, they have looked absolutely terrible, even though they did pull one out last night. But they're not defending. They're not playing defense. So many people feel like they have to do something here on, on the trade deadline. So I wrote down three things that I think could happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and say this one. This one's not, not going to happen, but it, it is being discussed uh LeBron asked LeBron to waive his no trade clause lol I like that. Good, good luck mm-hmm. with that one mm-hmm. um so that one's like but there's still a possibility even though it's like 0.5% chance of happening um, the other one is trade DeAndre Jordan for the Brooklyn pick which uh, that, that seems to be like the way some people were leaning um I don't know I don't know if you want to trade that Brooklyn pick though just because you got to think about the future. You got to think about what happens when LeBron eventually leaves you, and many feel he will leave after this year. Um, so, I and to get DeAndre Jordan in return, I don't know if that's that's worth that pick. Um, and the other one is, is trade Isaiah Thomas because mm-hmm. that just hasn't worked. Him, him coming in, and I know it's you haven't given it um, a whole lot of time because he was you know injured and then had to come back in, but the team's just not clicking, and so. Uh, some people feel like that that might be the way to go is trade Isaiah Thomas. Anyway, keep an eye out on, on the Cavs today. Uh, see if they make any moves that can help their uh, chances of competing with uh, – you know, the Celtics and perhaps we're competing with the Warriors in the finals.
0: I'll be looking at my clock, my watch. Uh, what time is the deadline at?
2: <laughs> sure. I don't even know. Oh. <laughs> just, be, just keep watching.
0: All right. Uh, I certainly will. Uh, other headlines. Hey, uh, we had Brooke Storr on the show yesterday. How about the the latent Ooh. textures and the wind versus rice? We gave some of the stats with the Owls yesterday, the fact that came in. At a seventeen and three on the year, seven and one in conference play. Been on a huge winning streak. I think they'd won twelve of their last thirteen. Mm-hmm. Figured the late Texas coming off a loss on Sunday. They were going to have their hands full, and it probably would not bode well for Store squad. Well, guess what? It did fare well. They come back and they win last night at home 75 to 55. Huge win for the late Texas. They shoot a 61% from the field and they forced a whopping 20 turnovers to snap Rice's four-game winning streak. That's the thing about this Lady Texters squad. They have certainly shown the capability of playing with everybody in the conference and then now beating the team that was number one.
2: Yeah, they had that potential to explode on you, and that's what you saw last night. That was a huge performance. Big-time win for the Lady Texters.
0: Uh, They'll return to action on Saturday when they travel to El Paso to face UTEP. Uh, that one will kick off Saturday afternoon or tip off Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. Congratulations, Lady textures and Brooks Store. Nice win at home. LSU, of course, uh, Jake's saying they're a bubble team. They had an opportunity to work on that resume last night, squaring off against Florida on the road.
2: Yeah, they didn't pull it out. Um, and this was one of those games where I think just watch, if you watched it, you saw a lot of really good things from LSU. Uh, those things being the way they defended Florida. You know, coming into this game, if Florida hit, I believe it was eight three-pointers at home, they won. Like, that was just the the statistics behind it. And so, Will Wade knew that. Will Wade knew going in what to do was to, you know, guard them on the perimeter. Do not let them get those three-point shots up. Defend it well. Stay active on defense. And they did. They did, especially in the first half. Uh, Florida came out and got hot at the very beginning of the second half, and that ended up being... Uh, kind of the difference in the game, but just to watch the way this team communicates on defense and switches, uh, it was really impressive, you know, it just, I, I keep going back to last year and just think, man, these are the same players I saw last year, and to see them perform like that is pretty crazy, but.
0: For crying out loud, though, can we just squash this NCAA talk, they yeah. got
2: 10 losses. Well, listen, listen, no, that was, I brought that up because I thought it was a crazy stat, and that you know, some people were still kind of putting them on the bubble because of those wins, the six top 50 wins. And I also mentioned that they have a lot of bad losses, too.
0: Ten now.
2: Yeah, and this isn't – It's February 8th. This isn't a tournament team. I mean, this team, you know, Will Way did a great job of getting Tremont Waters, but this this roster can only beat you in a couple of different ways, you know. If you looked at the team, you knew this wasn't a tournament team, which is why I brought it up that they were – on the bubble with those top 50 wins because that's that's remarkable that Will wave was able to do that with this group. Yeah. But last night, Florida showed that, uh, yeah, it had far too much power, power, fellas. Yeah. Tremont Waters was good down the stretch too, man. He was – It's good to see him snap out of that slump. I mean, he did a lot against Arkansas in the last game and then followed it up with another good performance, I thought, last night against Florida.
0: Listen, they're taking the right steps. It is certainly an improvement from last year. Build off that. Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, will join us at the top of the hour with his weekly second. More on uh, LSU hoops and their loss last night to Florida. Other headlines.
2: Other oh, headlines, what you uh, got? College
0: Hoops, uh, we got uh, the Duncan Dogs at home tonight yes. versus Charlotte ULM on the road. They got that uh, two-game road swing. Uh, we don't talk a lot of soccer on this show, but I think it is noteworthy because on the girls' side, especially last night, had a number of teams yeah. playing. Uh, a little bit of a mixed bag. West Monroe girls win. They continue to do big things in that highest classification. And look out for the West Washington girls. They win last night, 3-2-0. News not so good for Neville. They go on the road and lose to Parkway. And St. Fred loses a squeaker in overtime last night. Boys action tonight have both the Ouachita boys. They are loaded and Rustin in action tonight on the pitch. On the pitch. Soccer guru, Aaron Dietrich. Yes. Uh, Other headlines and why this came out yesterday. You know, there's times that you want to drop information, maybe a slow news day, and you might get them a little bit more play out of it. Or perhaps you do it on a day when everybody's loaded and busy, like National Signing Day. Oh. But, hey, Grambling releases its schedule yesterday. <laughs> it's yeah. like the news dump when you don't want news to get out. You do it a Friday right. after 5, exactly. right? Yes. Or, heck, just do it on National Signing Day. Uh, Grambling did release its schedule. Uh, they will open up against uh, the Cajuns on the road. They will follow that up with a road trip to Northwestern State.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that's those are the two biggest takeaways, just looking at the schedule. Um, I'm going to have
0: to look this up. This is the second day now. Uh, it happened during National Signing Day, and now I see on Grambling's schedule a uh, sign or Bokine College. Uh, yesterday, I wanted to know, where is that place? Oklahoma. And now, it appears again. There you go. Oklahoma. We're in Oklahoma.
2: Yeah, that I can't answer. All right. We'll
0: get the I-team on that, the research department. Yeah. Uh, What else you got for headlines? Uh, That was pretty much it besides uh, National Signing Day.
2: I didn't want to burn any National Signing Day just yet. I wanted to make sure you got everything out that you needed to.
0: It Uh, was just big picture, broad picture. It was a little different. It it wasn't the typical National Signing Day because, you know, a a majority – Not locally, but nationally, the majority of the people had signed. And, of course, the majority of classes had already been filled out, what, 70%, 74% had already been completed in that early signing period. But locally, still a lot of different places, schools, and, of course, kids uh, signing on the dotted line.
2: Yeah, um, locally, I thought it was was, was really good. I mean, you saw Richwood. I I thought they had probably their their best signing day ever. Uh, Really cool to see. Um, all those kids on that stage, uh, they ended up signing six, and they are going to send three more to Louisiana College. Uh, but I thought that was cool because, you know, seeing those players up there, you thought back to what they accomplished together uh, this past season, which was, you know, made a run to a, a state championship game, um, which which was really cool. So that was fun. I, I thought Washita uh, was a good scene because you saw so many players that overcame injuries and earned opportunities to play at the next level. Uh, I thought that was really cool. And it was also nice to see, uh, you know, John Bailey-Galette uh, at West Monroe, uh, him, you know, finally signed with, with, with Army. Uh, that's That's been a long time coming, I feel.
0: Uh, locally, in terms of uh, colleges, it, you always see the relief from the coaches, especially from Louisiana Tech and ULM, uh, so much is – you know, leading into this day or these days, and once it's complete, they're just excited that it's over and oh, for the yeah. most part excited about their class. I'll have uh, 10 takeaways coming up here uh, later in the show. The biggest thing, uh, just uh, Orgeron's arrogance continues to show.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: so Two things you wanted to get uh, at Orgeron, the two selling points, why he would be a great fit at LSU were?
2: Well, the number one was the recruiting. Uh, that was number one. And I, I couldn't believe that he, you know, said that, said what he said yesterday, talking about how you know the recruit class. And I get it; a lot of coaches feel that way. I don't care what the rankings say; I care about our own evaluations, and that's all fine and good.
0: But it's not like it's a 50th ranked class, I and mean, we're still talking about a top 15 it's class.
2: 50, yeah, it is 15. Um, but still, you missed on Patrick Hurtan. That was the killer. That was the killer, and you lost to Alabama.
0: In that war room when uh, they figured out Sertan was not going. Well, he knew
2: the night before. So
0: he did not sleep well then.
2: No, he did not sleep well. He knew the night before, so then he reached out to Mario Goodrich and said, hey, he's not coming, come on.
0: You are a backup plan, like yeah. I told you. How it
2: worked? Well, they, they would have accepted him you know, if he wanted to come anyway, but I don't think he wanted to come because I don't think he wanted to compete with Patrick Sertan. That's just the way I took it. Uh, but he reached out to Mario and said, hey, he's not coming, You know, come on, and it was too late at that point. He had already committed to Clemson. So it was a mess. That that was my, my thing about the, the early signing period and, and this little um, national signing day after you've already gotten so many spots filled up. It's very weird because your backup plans, you cannot count on your backup plans because they're not going to sit around and wait. Like He, he tried to ask uh, several of those athletes to, hey, hang on, just just be patient, and we'll, we'll sign you if, if – you know This doesn't work out, and they're not going to sit there and wait. They All got right. opportunities at other SEC schools. They went and took it.
0: I understand that, but they still uh, had two more scholarships left that they could have they signed still have, others.
2: Well, what they're going to do is they're going to end up taking a transfer. All
0: right. I and understand just, that, but then you're saying wait for us, and then if I'm doing the math, I'm saying, well, you still have two or three scholarships available. Why should I wait for you? What, you're waiting for a transfer?
2: Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, well, no, no, no. If they would have decided, I think they would have had a spot. I'm talking about, you know, the athletes that signed earlier in the day uh, around like eight or nine o'clock. And there were uh, quite a few of them. Uh, That's what I'm talking about. I I think he was and he even mentioned that in his press conference saying we asked the guys to hang on. They didn't want to hang on. And you can't blame them for that. I mean, if they have an opportunity to play somewhere else and, you know, might as well take it because you might sit there and wait around and have no scholarship. Mm.
0: 888 993 Understand, we got some atmospheric dusting today. There are certainly other ways uh, you can hear this show. Also, go to our website to certainly uh, listen to us this morning. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Paint Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup.
3: Are you crying?
4: starting lineup. Are you
5: crying? The starting lineup. Let's go no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup.
2: You were sinking over there, and I didn't save you. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, I
0: appreciate it. Or Ed Orgeron needs somebody to save him.
2: Um, okay, so if you if you're having trouble <laughs> listening to us, I understand there's some disturbance, uh, some interference. Um, if you can download the app, or if you can pull up the app, Sports Talk nine seven seven, we are clear on there. So look us up on the app, Sports Talk nine seven seven. Check us out.
0: You are a technical guy.
2: That's that's sad. <laughs> That's very sad. Uh,
0: we got some sound from a number of uh, athletes and also coaches. will play throughout this show. Also, as I said, Chris Blair will join us at eight o'clock. We continue to rehash National Signing Day.
2: Yes, and we will get to. I have some national new, you know, National Signing Day takeaways I want to get to. I have some local National Signing Day takeaways. Ready to get to all of them.
0: The morning drive on the all new Sports Talk 97.7. Back after this.
3: Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Are you? 18th at Louisville, Well Road at Cypress, and Farmerville Highway in Ruston.
4: Are you doing, brings
3: wash.
4: Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour, is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. <laughs>
0: Uh, that's good. Uh, so Tabor tells me it's uh, atmospheric ducting, not dusty. <laughs> shows you how much I know about it. Right, there you go. Yeah, that's I, I shows. ducting. <laughs> uh, there you go. Tabor's the real technical guy.
2: All right, all right Quint says, how did TAC end up in their recruiting class? Where do they rank in Conference USA? Same for the Warhawks uh, in the Fondo." All
0: right, Quint. Jake's got the inch.
2: Quint uh, Tech was third best in Conference USA. They, they pro- I would say, they probably had the best day of anybody in state yesterday. They had a really good day. Um, ULM had a, had a good day too, though. Um, they ended up with with the ninth ranked class and and uh, the fun belt, as Quint said. But I thought they, you know, Keyshawn Johnson was was a name that they were worried about outside linebacker. They got him. Thought they. Duncanville. Hit, yeah, I thought they beefed up their offense with uh, two three-star recruits and Malik Jackson and the wide receiver and uh, Brennan Wooten, the quarterback. And of course, they got a lot of big fellas coming in too. They they got they had a lot of beef to that offensive line. Yeah,
0: the Malik Jackson kid uh, from Lufkin, Texas. You mentioned uh, the linemen, uh, three of them in all from yesterday. The eight kids that they brought in, including Oak Grove's uh, John Bolden, all six foot four, three hundred pounds of him. As Bolden will stay pretty close to home from Oak Grove. He'll land in Monroe and be part of my, Matt Vietor's uh, squad. I was able to catch up with uh, Coach Vietor yesterday and break down this recruiting class and also a little bit about Doug Peterson and his big day in the Super Bowl. Uh, National signing day, the second period of it is now wrapped up. Overall, feel pretty good about this class?
6: Yeah, we do. Uh, you know, went after what we think we need and uh, – Really, uh, you know, a little of it short-term and a lot of it long-term, really, when you look at it. But uh, we need to address our offensive line, which signed four guys, uh, including John Boling here from Oak Grove, which was a big sign for us. Uh, defensive back, I think, was a big area that we tried to uh, look at and uh, excited to get a couple of local young men and Jabari Johnson and uh, uh, Kevin Jones, excuse me, from uh, Madison in the defensive uh, backfield for us. And... Uh, and the defensive line was a was a big issue too that we have to get numbers so you know and then you look at it uh we we're glad to get Josh Newton here from you know the local kid as well and uh but uh, it's like I said it's about trying to address our needs and getting the best players we can that fit our program and uh, we think we did
0: majority of the work was done during the early signing period what uh five or six you had today uh overall i mean in the class
6: yeah, we signed sixteen in the first signing period, and then we signed eight more uh today so uh Really excited about it and uh, excited about getting them kids here on campus. Uh, We already have five of them here, you know, on campus, and they've been working out with us since the uh, mid-January and uh, looking forward to getting the rest.
0: Now, I know you had some reservations about the early signing period when it first started. Now that it kind of is behind you, are you for it, against it, kind of indifferent?
6: I really like to look at it a few years, I guess, to kind of go through it. I think it was, you know, it's different and you know change and but uh you know all in all i'm very pleased with what went on for us and uh you know one good thing is after first signing day we were able to race the board and start over again on what we had left and that's kind of how we did it i mean we literally started all over you know during the christmas break and went back through positions and what we think we need and what was available and kind of had a second overall recruiting period and stuff so it was interesting.
0: Overall ULM brand you feel like the message is getting out there and you guys are reaching different areas of this state in this region.
6: Yeah I think so Aaron uh You know, I think that uh, you know, we've improved a little bit over the last couple of years and I think we're heading in the right direction and uh, You know, we we've been able to uh, To go into different places and recruit and uh, we've we've had some success uh, A lot of the areas uh, we're also familiar with from where we come from and stuff and uh, but it, the reception has been good
0: I know the off season's been busy for you, not only recruiting but also with your staff. What was that like trying to fill those positions? And how happy are you overall with what you've got?
6: Really happy with what we got. Uh, yeah, I mean it's always a tough situation. I mean you know you're looking for you know certain types of people that could come in here and uh, you know and I, I mean I have a certain you know certain characteristics that I look for and. Uh, but all in all, the great thing is there's a lot of interest in coming here. And, uh, you know, any time you're able to pick up guys like we did, like John Carr, a guy I've known for years that's uh, been here and Anthony Camp, Kyle Sigler, and then we were able to get Perry Carter, which is a big hire for us. So we feel like, yeah, you know, we lost good coaches, but we feel like we were able to replace them with good coaches.
0: Finally, that guy over your left shoulder, how incredible is that to watch how that played out this year? You have a relationship with him and also his son.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Just really excited for Coach Peterson, and and uh, I never was an Eagles fan, and all (laughs) of a sudden I become an Eagles fan, which is uh, which has been fun. But uh, you know, just a great person too, and uh, happy for him, and uh, happy for Josh on that stage there at at, at the Super Bowl there to to get the trophy. But. uh, no, I'm just really happy for him, and, uh, you know, obviously a, coach, a good coach, but a really good person,
0: too. were well, you kind of like me, falling off your lazy boy when you see Josh up on the stadium. <laughs> you're like, oh, he got himself up there. Huh? I'm yeah, State.
6: he might have been the first one up there, huh? <laughs> but uh, typical, uh, you know, you look up, and uh, he's in the uh, 6 o'clock uh, group on Tuesday morning. So, uh, you, know, he ended up, you know, he missed Monday, but I thought he might miss another day or two, but he's right back at it and
0: going to work. And uh, so happy to have him back says a lot right there. Back to reality for uh, Josh Peterson. On the podium with uh, the Eagles, of course, uh, winning a world championship. The celebration flies back Monday. Back at work on Tuesday, grinding away with the rest of the Warhawks trying to build a bowl contender.
2: Yeah, yeah. Back to reality indeed. Uh, Trent weighs in. He says, I hope Sartan and Goodrich chart the bed tonight. LSU is loaded at DB so I'm not concerned. We filled our needs. Never be concerned with DBs and RBs at LSU. Go Tigers.
0: Whoa. All right, That was Trent. one of the biggest takeaways for you at the, the lack of DBs.
2: Yeah. So, Trent, I like your enthusiasm, but that was a big need. You, they put all their eggs in a Sertan basket, like I said yesterday, uh, because they, they had no one else. Mario Goodrich was the backup plan, and he fell through. Now – if you look at this, LSU now has four cornerbacks. And they're going. Kelvin Joseph, who was a safety, one of the top safeties in the country, signed yesterday. But now Orgeron said in the press conference yesterday, he's going to ask him to play cornerback. And so you can't just blindly say, never worry about cornerbacks and running backs. Because honestly, I'm concerned about running backs as well. I mean, you know, they got two in this class, but. They're far from spectacular, especially when you think about the when you look at running backs and you think about Darius Geis and Leonard Fournette and all the great backs that LSU's had over the years. I don't know. And Trent Drake Davis is a receiver, so
0: go ahead and read the rest of his. He said he's, uh, he's trying yeah, to have a conversation with him. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Trent says uh, Joseph Delpit, Munro, Greedy, Drake Davis. Drake Davis is a receiver and more. Just look look up the the depth chart, uh, Trent, and I can pull it up later. It's not it's not what you think. They're losing a lot this year. Greedy is is fantastic. I mean, I think he's going to be one of the best corners in the country next year. But and maybe Christian Fulton can be the guy that steps up and 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 is his opposite. We don't know how good he's going to play because we just didn't see him last year. So it's a lot of question marks it's a lot of unknowns there you know and I think that's why you know a lot of people were were hoping Sertan could come in because he he was probably going to start immediately uh, just based off of everything that we heard about him and about how uh, he was physically ready to to come in and contribute so anyway I think LSU swung and missed I think you have to look at it and you know be, be objective about it listen they yeah they're usually strong in both of those areas, DBs and, and running backs, but they're strong because they recruit well in there. LSU had LSU signed one defensive back this year. That's the fewest since 2005. When Les Miles was there, they signed three defensive backs every year. <clears throat> so that's just, you know, something to think about.
0: You'll hear from Ed Orgeron uh, later in the show. Quinn uh, weighs in at 888-993-7762, says LSU needs to adjust the rear-rear mirror. The Bulldogs is hot on their heels speaking of the top bulldog you'll hear from skip holmes after the break on the morning draft
5: washita valley making good things happen if you want a credit union it works as hard as you do one of the very best people looking out for you. Washita Valley,
3: making good things happen. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents offshore accidents drug recalls and victims of medical negligence so if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own do what thousands of injured clients have already done go guerrero call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 forsyth avenue in monroe
4: you want new window tinting for your car and you're getting tax money back from uncle sam bring that combo to magic glass and tint in West Monroe, and let us tint you up not only does professional tinting from magic glass keep your car cool but it protects the interior from harmful damaging uv rays All at very affordable prices. Expert window tinting and accessories for your car or truck. Magic does it all. Magic Glass and Tint. 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. The way you purchased
5: a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used. Value your trade. And apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want. At Ronnie Ward Toyota of Rustin.com. We'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Rustin.com. your dream. Live to drive.
4: Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour, is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.
0: All right, let's talk a little bit about Louisiana Texas uh, signing class uh, nationally. It's, it's hard, I think, with the uh, group of five for uh, these rankings. But if you read into it, well, they got Tech around 70-something.
2: 76.
0: Third best in uh, conference. conference. Yeah. Florida International leading the way.
2: Florida International, then Marshall, then Tech. Uh,
0: your boy Kiffin, how do you do on the recruiting trail?
2: Well, he's seventh in the conference, but he only signed 16. Uh. Think he's wanting those uh, transfers, saving those for transfers.
0: Uh, Louisiana Tech's class, you look at it, uh, 11 in state, Louisiana, 10 in Texas. Then they get one kid from Arkansas, one Mississippi, and then uh, the Utah kid. By position, uh, they take uh, five wide receivers, five offensive line, five defensive backs, and then, of course, uh, the rest of the class kind of filters out. The biggest signee in this class is uh, the kid from the transfer Came from LSU, then went to Tyler Junior College. Uh, Willie Allen, big things expected out of him. We talked about him yesterday. Six foot six, three hundred thirty pounds, going into LSU, highly touted.
2: Highly touted, yeah. And then there was a lot of controversy around him leaving. And yeah, we'll see how he can how he can fare at Louisiana Tech. But I'll, I'll make the argument that maybe Isaiah Graham yeah. is the biggest. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the transfer coming in from TCU. He he uh, had spurts of really good play at TCU, and I. You saw what he could do at Bastrop, so I'm interested in seeing how he, he fares at Louisiana Tech.
0: And then uh, the two kids from uh, West Feliciana, of course, uh, Smoke Harris, big things expected out of him. Listed at uh, five foot six, 165 <laughs> pounds.
2: Yeah, uh, but he is a speedster, and he is shifty, as we said yesterday. Don't compare him to Kevontae Turpin, though, Aaron. Some people won't like that.
0: Uh, And then his uh, teammate, defensive back, uh, Derek Turner, played quarterback for for, uh, them, but he'll make the transition, of course, to the secondary for the Bulldogs. As always, Skip Holtz in a very good mood following National Signing Day. Here's a little bit from his press conference on the class overall.
1: Looking at the introduction of the 2018 class, today is a, today's a big day um, for a lot of reasons, but it kind of brings to the end the recruiting class for all these 2018 signees. A combination of 24 players signed today, have signed by today, 24 total players in the class. There were 14 that signed early, there were eight that signed today, and there are two transfers. Uh, in the group to make the 24. There were 13 on offense, there was 10 on defense, and one special team player. We had 18 freshmen and 6 upperclassmen. So when you break this class down into the 24, there were 10 from the state of Louisiana, 11 from the state of Texas, Uh, one from Arkansas, one from Mississippi, and then there was a stray dart out there in Utah um, by the way of Snow Junior College and Connor Taylor. So uh, I think overall when I look at this class, I get excited for a number of reasons. Uh, I get excited because of the athleticism on offense. When I look at the skill positions, when I look at the running backs, when I look at the wide receivers, we've got an incredible amount of ball carriers in this group. When you talk about Uh, Yeah, you have guys like Smoke Harris, who was MVP of the state championship game, the award-done award winner, I know everybody can read all the accolades, to Wayne Toussaint and the incredible numbers he put up to a Taj McGee who was responsible for over 8,000 yards and 90 touchdowns during his high school career. Uh, explosive players with the ball. When I look at this offensive line, there were five offensive linemen. The biggest emphasis was tackles. We wanted size. Height was huge. Uh, we are trying to replace not only Daryl Brown from a year ago uh, who has left, Josh Outlaw that left this year, but you're also losing uh Stalworth you're losing um Michael Rodriguez, uh, you're losing a lot of players in the last couple of years that play tackle. And so that's why when I look at Byron Rossell, Christian Henderson, uh, Big Willie Allen, the transfer uh, the, from LSU that went to junior college, uh, and then to here today, and then some of the younger guys and Walker Hankerson and Eric Dunn, they're all six They're all long-armed. They're all more tackle bodies. Uh, so really excited about the size of the offensive line. When I jump over to the defensive side of the ball, the biggest word of the day is toughness, Uh, the size and toughness. When you look at this linebacker group, there are three junior college linebackers. Brandon Floyd, who is currently enrolled uh, right now, who would be going through spring practice. Connor Taylor, who was the National Junior College Player of the Year with 130-some tackles uh, that he had last year, very active player. A great young man, tough, he's 138 pounds, Uh, he's got size to him. And then I look at a Trey Baldwin who went to Missouri and then junior college who's a 248-pound middle linebacker. Uh, They can run, they can hit. I think they strengthen our group uh, today. Uh, As soon as we got all the signatures in, I think every one of them makes us a better defensive football team. We signed four in the secondary that can run and hit, and we signed two up front on the defensive line that I think both have a chance to be excellent pass rushers for us uh, as that's where you look at where this game is really going, where you have to have pass rushers and big guys to stop the run up front, uh, and I think we answered our needs. The other transfer that we had, we took uh, Isaiah Graham, who is a transfer, a bounce back from TCU, Again, was a three- or four-star, was very highly recruited, uh, receiver, ball carrier. He's going to have to sit this year. But I can see a guy like that being able to sit next year like Teddy Allen. And then a year from now when we have to replace the production of a Teddy Allen, I can see a guy like Isaiah stepping in and making an immediate impact on this team. Uh, The one specialist in the last transfer was uh, Bailey Hale. Bailey Hale is a kicker from Eastern New Mexico that came out of high school that was recruited as a uh, receiver basketball player who started kicking late in high school. Um, But I think when you compare him to what he's doing in college, uh, he's going to be able to come in and compete right away as a kickoff guy and a guy for field goals. I feel really good right now having both Brady Farlow, and our Australian, Davin Dyer, that are going to compete for the punting duties, but uh, I think a guy like Bailey Hale has a chance to come in and compete immediately with two years of eligibility left as a transfer. So um, overall, really excited about this class. A lot of awards, accolades, state championship winners, MVPs, guys that have put up just some stupid numbers, but as much as anything, I'm really impressed with the academics of this class and the character of this class, which is really one of the things that's got me excited about. Some of them, and everybody says, who's going to make an immediate impact? Who's the next meek Robertson? Uh, I would say there's a lot of guys on this roster that have the talent to come in and make an immediate impact. Obviously, you would expect the uh, five transfer junior college players that are coming in here to make an immediate impact. Willie Allen, Trey Baldwin, Connor Taylor, uh, Brandon Floyd, those are guys, uh, Bailey Hale, you expect them to come in and make an immediate impact. But out of the 18 freshmen, I think there is probably about 15 that have given the opportunity could make an impact as a freshman. And so we're just going to have to get them here, see how they're going to respond, see how they're going to grow, mature, learn the offense and defense, and see who's going to get the opportunity to step into that arena and shine. I go back to Amik Robertson when we put him out there. First game of the year we didn't know really how he would respond. He goes out there against Mississippi State, has an interception almost a pick six and he never looked back, and then he's looking back at a freshman All-American. I don't know how many of those guys are going to have that uh, awareness to be able to step in and play that role as freshmen, but I know an awful lot of them that have the talent. So uh, I think when you look at uh, class, I know you're going to have a lot of people say this, this is the best class we've signed since we've been here. I think I've said it every year that I've been here, uh, but I truly believe if you look at just the number of players that had Power Five opportunities. Uh, There's over 22 Power Five offers that were offered to this group that they turned away from to be here at Louisiana Tech. And I think that is a huge testament to the university, to the academics, and to this staff, these players, uh, and really what we're building here at Louisiana Tech. I also want to say publicly thank you to this staff for the incredible job that they did in recruiting these young men, the tireless work that they put into it. And just as these young men have had opportunities to leave, so has this staff. Uh, And they have turned down a lot more money, uh, in some cases titles, to remain here. And I think it speaks volumes for what we're building here, the players that we have here, the morale, the attitude and the excitement and energy through leadership that Dr. Geis, uh, Tommy McClellan, uh, Ronnie Walker, the leadership that's being provided in this community, this university, and this athletic department. So um, it's a great day, it's an exciting day, and it's a day I think the entire staff is looking forward to uh, celebrating to have this class in the boat, really excited to get him here in May.
0: Skip is great. Listen, that's just his uh, opening statement. (laughs)
1: Just eight minutes yeah
0: oh uh, holt's breaking it all down
2: that's good stuff um, he did have
0: one slip up and it was very comical too uh the, with the, the teddy veal teddy allen or perhaps he's just anticipating a lot from uh, teddy allen in the receiving core in 2019 now the dogs are in huge trouble if that's, if, the, case. If that's the case
2: yeah <laughs> yeah you we've never had slip-ups like that no, so yeah. we can't really identify yeah. with what just took place no um i'll tell you this as far as he talked about a lot of guys who could come in and have an immediate impact. Man, the more I watch this Maurice Wren, mm-hmm. whoo, this guy is like a bull in a china shop. Just destructive. A very impressive kid. We were talking about a guy who was once committed to Arkansas and uh, has, offered, has offers all over. Uh, so I'm interested in seeing uh, what he can do with Luciana uh, Tech
0: uh we'll get into this later uh deandre marcus of course uh the rustin running back he is part of this class taj mcgee we certainly saw him from frankleton against west monroe yeah and then uh, neville uh recently uh the kid from uh Kentwood, this is the kid keep an eye out on him just in terms of how his body's going to change with the uh, kurt hester in the weight room he comes in at six foot six 250 pounds a little light up front I think that'll change and change very quickly in that weight room. Yeah,
2: no doubt, no doubt. A kid that will benefit from uh, that weight room, surely.
0: Uh, things that also stood out, and he certainly pointed out, uh, the two transfers, Willie Allen and, of course, uh, the addition of Isaiah Graham, the former four-star prospect coming out of Bastrop, will sit out next year after transferring T- from TCU. But you got to be excited about what he can do for this receiving core and having one year to kind of just feel his way along at Louisiana Tech.
2: Yeah, um, and it's kind of like you were you were telling me on break. It's like, man, if they could count those four stars when they were initially coming out of high school, this class would be even better. But, yeah, I think this is a really good class for Louisiana Tech. Uh,
0: Grambling, unfortunately, we did not get sound from uh, Broderick. So, only made available to the media at 3 o'clock, which is unfortunate because just considering, you know, the time constraints, everybody's under on National Signing Day. So, uh, we couldn't make it out there. And what that means is, we don't have the sound for KOE, and then quite frankly, I give my sound to two stations in Shreveport, so they missed the opportunity for the message and, of course, for uh, them to hear about Grand signing class over in the Shreveport area, also.
2: Yeah, that's unfortunate for us yeah. here on the morning drive as well.
0: Coach Villator uh, and Coach Holtz made themselves available at different times besides the scheduled press conference. Hmm. Sometimes you got to bend over a little bit. Nice. Eh? Yeah. What do you got about LSU? You want to hear from Orgeron uh, later in the show?
2: Yeah, uh, I'm sure he's got some explaining to do uh, to the media, as, as you know, someone can miss on Patrick Sertan in the class. The si- I'll say the signing day, not the class. National signing day didn't go as planned, but <clears throat> I think some LSU fans, the way yesterday went, were just happy they held on to Jamar Chase and Kelvin Joseph. But, yeah, I'm interested in how he, how he spins this into a positive direction.
0: Coming up after the break, uh, 10 takeaways from National Signing Day and how I almost uh, broke uh, two of my huge pet peeves.
2: Oh, yeah, this is a good story.
0: National Signing Day did not get off to a great start.
2: (laughs) Not for Aaron Dietrich, no. (laughs)
0: That story coming up after the break on the Morning Drive. growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all
4: healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long-term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318-255-5980 for more information, or visit LegacyRehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. The Morning Drive, sponsored by BOR, Bank of Ruston, now in Monroe. Your investment property, business, and home loan specialist. Come see BOR at our new location, 2450 Tower Drive in Monroe, or call us at 812-BANK-BOR. We are your Monroe Banking Center. Member FDIC.
5: Live to drive
4: This is the famous Bud Light beer It's not easy to brew beer This easy to drink It takes time Bud Light is brewed for a long time To go down smoother Because we all know Round two is when the real stories come out Bud Light We don't just brew beer We brew beer for friends Enjoy responsibly Bud Light beer Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston.
0: All right, Jake, you want to get into how my National Signing Day started <laughs> yesterday? Probably um, wasn't a good omen.
2: It, no, it wasn't. Um, so First I, of all, how
0: do we get dressed up when we roll in here in the morning?
2: Uh, right now, I'm wearing uh, sweats.
0: Typically, that's the attire. Yeah, right? I
2: mean, we wake up, at I wake up at 545, yeah. so I'm just throwing something on, heading to the studio.
0: We just roll in here. Typically, I go work out afterwards. I have some workout clothes on. Yeah. And uh, So, left here yesterday. I knew it was going to be a busy day. I was going to run home quickly and take a shower. Uh, I get home, and I'm locked out of the house. So, I'm like, ooh, Not good. ha, mm. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, I need to be at Richwood at basically 10 o'clock, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, uh huh. Uh huh. So, you know, I'm not trying to break into the house, but I'm trying to get into the house for literally 30 minutes. So I look down at what I'm wearing. And listen, I will basically wear what any, anybody gives me for workouts. And, you know, sometimes coaches or schools will give me a, a shirt or two. He will
2: also ask uh, several coaches for shirts, too.
0: I wouldn't go that far. Uh, I ain't that bad. But I'll, So, yesterday, it's just a coincidence. I'm wearing a, a Rustin baseball sweatshirt. Oh, man. Because I'm looking. I'm like, all right, I haven't showered. This is going to be a long day. I, I'm not going to be able to get back to the house. I'm locked out. i got to go to Richwood. I've got to go to West Monroe.
2: <laughs> Roll in there with that Rustin shirt How is this
0: going to play out? <laughs> <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves is media members sporting colors and right. wearing shirts and stuff when they're on the job. And another one is... Wearing sweats, or let alone, uh, you know, workout shorts, when you're out covering an event, you kind of want to look a little professional. So I'm standing there in my sweatpants and my Rustin baseball sweatshirt, knowing I got to be at Richwood and then West Monroe immediately afterwards. So what'd you do? So I had to make a trip to Academy. <laughs>
2: Uh, picked up an underarm Yeah, I, I got
0: a jacket yesterday. So that's it was a, a
2: pretty nice jacket, yeah, though. I'm it was on lie. sale, thankfully. It looked so good. It that's looked the good.
0: biggest takeaway from National Signing Day. I'll say this: like I felt like a coach yesterday, in <laughs> sweatpants, and I was very comfortable. Yeah,
2: living that uh, nice life. Yeah. But you
0: know, I mean, I don't recommend going the entire day without a shower. Get home at you know eleven thirty, and. Yeah, all right, time to take a shower. I was able to get in the house then.
2: How, was was your wife home by then? Or? Yeah, she
0: was asleep, though. <laughs> <laughs> Man. So how would that have played out if I would have walked into the West Monroe House with that rustin baseball sweatshirt on? Would
2: you have been able to get in, is my question. <laughs> Golly, there have been so many comments. You had to stop. Yeah. And there were so many people there. Yeah, you'd have had a lot of barbers. Oh, I too. hate
0: it when people do that. You know, they're covering LSU and they got an LSU shirt yeah, on, yeah. or a Tech or a ULM shirt. The the worst one was, you know, we've had some idiots in this market, and heck, some of them, uh, I've had mine too. But uh, this guy from across the street, uh, going to a Louisiana Tech uh, game, and he was decked out in all his uh, Louisiana Tech attire that he basically pawned off from the baseball team. And then it was one of those days when he had to cover both teams, and he g- goes immediately from there to ULM, and he's standing in the dugout oh, attired in Louisiana Tech uh, gear. Uh, that didn't go over too well. But he thought of it as a win-win situation because then ULM was like, well, we got to get him fully attired. Right. So then they give him ULM stuff ah, instead ah. of just kicking him out of the
2: dugout. Nice strategy. Yes. I don't hate it.
0: All right, top ten takeaways from uh, National Signing Day besides the fact that I got locked out and got a new jacket out of the deal. Uh, Number one, first of all, you're happy for the kids, and you can certainly see the excitement. This is a milestone that they've been striving for and working for their entire career. But I almost take more joy in just watching the reaction from uh, the parents and the grandparents, how thrilled they are and how proud they are of their youngster to accomplish this
4: goal?
2: Uh, uh, most of the parents. Yeah. <laughs> there, there there, was one exception yesterday, and it was nationally, not locally. But, yes, I understand what you're saying. The, seeing the parents uh, just wear that smile, knowing uh, you know, what all the kids been through to, to get to that moment and uh, get that scholarship. It's really cool.
0: We'll get to the uh, national uh, snub <laughs> by the uh, mom and the son and how that played out on national TV coming up uh, later in the show. Number two, uh, we make a big deal about national signing day and something, maybe a little bit too much. But I think it's actually good that schools go all out and promote it and have some sort of ceremony because I think it sets a good precedence. Uh, I mean, this is a scholarship, and it is something that others can strive for. And I think it's a great motivation for others as they come through the ranks to see, hey, they did it. They put in the time, the effort, not only on the playing field or the court, but also getting it done in the classroom.
2: I agree 100%, and especially to honor those. To, yes, you're going to honor those who who get those big time scholarships, like uh, you know Spivey getting Mississippi State. But to see players alongside him, like an Anthony Watson, a running back who didn't have the the type of offers that Spivey had, but he worked his tail off and ended up getting an opportunity to go to the next level. To see him on stage. With Spivey, I think that's cool. Kids can look at that and say, hey, I remember you know, Anthony worked his tail off and it, and it didn't really come easy for him. I'm not saying it came easy for Spivey, but Spivey just had that uh, crazy athletic ability and, and size and frame that made you know several colleges go after him.
0: Uh, number three, I put down just the number of great players, and we see it mostly in basketball but also sometimes in football, that you watch them and we see highlights of them on a, a weekly basis. Then once signing day comes around, they're not signed, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they did not get the job done in the classroom. The number of players that, you know, you fall through the cracks because of academics.
2: Yeah, that's that's always the saddest part about National Signing Day, and you always hear stories. You know, you'll talk to coaches, and they'll tell you, well, so-and-so didn't do too well on, on his ACT, and, and – for that reason, they're not able to sign today, and those are the most heartbreaking stories because you know they have the potential to go to college and, and have an impact in, in, in college sports, and while they're doing that, also get that education. And
0: that kind of plays into number four, and then sometimes kids are just put in a tough spot. We've talked about it numerous times. Is there's only so many scholarships out there, and once you know a school gets a commit, it limits the number of offers then that they have. You look at the kids, uh, the the Reed twins from Richwood, and what they did this year for that team, and how fun that they were to watch. It looked like it was pretty much hammered down that they were going to go to Arkansas Pine Bluff, correct?
2: Yes, at the, at the time, uh, they were interested, Arkansas Pine Bluff was interested in both of them, but then there was a coaching change, and with that coaching change, they rescinded the offer and kind of left the Reed twins, uh, you know, w- without any any offers on, on signing day. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, they're going to go to Louisiana College, um, and I think they're going to have a big impact there. But, yeah, that's – Unfortunate. It's to so say unfortunate, yeah.
0: Because, you know, they think they're going there. They think it's a signed, sealed, delivered – I mean, signed, sealed, and delivered, and then the fact that a new coaching staff comes in, or at least a new head coach, and they say, well, uh, that scholarship is no longer available – Then they go looking for other spots, and now with so many uh, already committed with the early signing period or signed, you're kind of left out there. Yeah, I hate that. Plus, two guys that were incredible in their high school career, especially their senior seasons.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, also their junior year. I mean, the the amount of tackles they have combined is is, is absolutely insane.
0: Ten takeaways from uh, National Signing Day. How about the job that uh, Joe Spadafore and Union continue to do up there Uh, Now 10 years, uh, they've had at least uh, basically three players or more sign some sort of scholarships. Uh, If you do do the math, uh, over the last 10 years, uh, 3.4 student-athletes have signed out of Union. And uh, that pretty much comprises of 20% of their senior classes now are getting the opportunity to play at the next level.
2: Wow, that's a great statistic. Even a better
0: statistic of those that went on to play at the next level 52% of them graduated or are still playing right now.
2: Awesome. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah.
0: Uh, I like the fact that, you know, Union continues to do it. They do it year in and year out. Then you look down at Caldwell in Columbia, a program that has just uh, had some success last year. They don't have a signing party that often. And yesterday, uh, Abrams, the quarterback in London, both signed on the dotted line. That was nice to see.
2: Very nice to see because, you know, I remember we had some some conversations and kind of felt like they were being slept on, uh, especially with the year they were having at Caldwell. And uh, for a while there, we were wondering, you know, will they get their opportunity? And it's just great to see them have that chance to go to the next level and prove how good they are. You know, we don't have to sit here and talk about how good they are. Now they can go out there and, and, and prove it on the field.
0: The other thing with National Assigning Day is you learn of schools you probably have never heard of, <laughs> and you wonder, I know, how, not only how do they find their way down there, that's probably a dumb question. They know the talent we have in northeast Louisiana. Yeah. But uh, it challenges your expertise on schools.
2: Yeah. I don't want you to quiz me on these <laughs> either. Uh,
0: number uh, seven, West Monroe and this has typically been the case traditionally. They don't have a lot of football players that sign. I mean, you look at Slade and Jacob Ingram uh, signing uh, in the early signing period. Uh, they had so two yesterday, total. say four total. Yeah. What they lack, though, in uh, maybe quantity, they more than make up for in the quality. Uh, those three kids that they had up there, the soccer girl, and then uh, Chris Toms is going to uh, the Cajuns as a punter, and then, of course, uh, John Bailey Galette. you're talking about three honor students right there.
2: Yeah, the girl was uh, Megan Poverk, and she had a 33 on her ACT.
0: 4.0.
2: I'm guessing you didn't score that high on your ACT, Aaron. (laughs) Yeah, very impressive group right there.
0: Uh, Other takeaways, just the pure joy. You heard from Skip Holtz there. You can certainly tell how excited he was that this process is over. Now they can move on. Had the same sense going over to ULM in their field house, just Matt Viator and his staff. To get this process behind them, now get focused on, of course, next year's class and then get in on the field and getting ready for next year. Uh, fashion statements all the time on National Signing Day. Uh, yeah. It's nice to see that uh, bow ties, uh-huh. it uh, looks like, are out. That was No. What, uh, Caesar, you saw a bunch of them? Caesar
2: and Spivey had them yesterday. Uh, uh, it wasn't as many as we're used to seeing, but I, I definitely noticed Caesar and Spivey had what were donning the bow ties. By the way, Aquarius Five, he had a sweet, maroon blazer on. It was it was pretty nice.
0: Uh, other takeaways, I continue to be amazed at these uh, high school so-called recruiting experts. That has to be one of the worst jobs in the business.
2: What, what do you what do you mean? Like the twenty four seven guys? Yeah. Uh, why why is it the worst job?
0: Uh, first of all, are you supposed to predict where these kids yes. are going? You're saying oh that? A, wants,
2: yeah, you can't predict what a high school kid's going to do.
0: B trying to get information from uh these athletes and then their coaches because their quite parents. frankly most of the time they don't even know.
2: Yeah. Well, that part of it is not great, but I think it's a still a pretty cool job to have because signing day what is everybody going to? Everybody's going to these 24/7 guys. They're, they're they're looking up what's the latest? What's the latest? So I think it's, you know, it has its perks. Hmm. I wouldn't hate it.
0: Final takeaway: Get uh, tired of media members just uh, complaining Boy, about the you long just, days. Oh god! Good grief! You you're were, not you're not you're not under a house. You're not digging a ditch for 12 to 14 hours a day. You're not on a roof.
2: Yeah. Uh, one day
0: you got to work long hours.
2: Yeah. It's it's one of those things too where we have the the luxury of yeah. getting to do something we love. Not saying they don't love doing what they they do either, but. This is sports. This is not, uh, like you said, this is not hard labor.
0: I had another one jotted down, but I can't read my handwriting. Of course. There you go.
2: (laughs) Wow. Classic Aaron Dietrich
0: (laughs) Ten takeaways. Uh, I I just have an Under Armour sweatshirt on today. No school affiliation.
2: You've got a lot of Under Armour apparel. Uh, Yeah,
0: somebody says I could have just turned the uh, sweatshirt inside (laughs) out. Should have thought of that.
2: Yeah. He's not smart enough to think of that
0: one. Uh, One final text. You want to read it, Jake?
2: What role do you think a high school coach should play in getting their talented players recruited? Is that part of a coach's duty as a coach? I think it is. I think so, too. Yes. Some coaches are better uh, than others at it.
0: They've given blood, sweat, and tears for your program yeah. over the course of four years. I think you can uh, help put together a tape, get his name out there, and, of course, uh, do the best that you can do to get him in any college that they possibly can. you got to get some of these kids just at least an opportunity to get their foot in the door.
2: Yeah, and you got to build up a reputation with those college coaches so they can trust you. When you give your word, they can, they can trust you and take that kid.
0: 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. The voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair, joins us after the break.
1: Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com